Merritt's in the background making things ready for me. She thinks make ready the podcast. Make ready the podcast. <laughs> right, a little lower, a little lower, a little to the right. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Hey! What? 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 All right. Get my money out. <laughs> Come up for meditation and get harassed. Yeah. Yep. Merit. She's supposed to be in her meditation time frame and everything else, and. and she just, but her, she, there you go. John's got money for oh, you. Nice. That's it. Game on. Ain't no singles here either, baby. Oh, there's all big cash. We got waiters here. How are you, Nick? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's nice to see you. Okay. We got everybody. All right. Close this up. Yeah. I don't think we have anybody else coming in. This is the full game. At least I can lay down for this one. You can lay down for this one, and I believe we are recording. So, yeah, it said when I logged on that be forewarned, this is recording. Mm-hmm. Be forewarned. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, especially for an education, how many people came in with their pants off and stuff, you know, and were lost their. You know, exactly. This thing's probably going out to school districts far and wide. <laughs> I was just going to say that my daughter's probably watching this right now. I know. They just got yeah. the whole Avon school. Check there, test, check test. System got an alert. Going can you guys hear me? School board. Yeah, I'm here, Chris Smith. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, uh, if Sleepy's got Omicron, you know, if you rearrange the letters, it spells moronic. <laughs> uh, I, I had the Delta. I wasn't. I wasn't cool enough to get the new one. You Not the latest, the greatest. I think the new one's the one to get. You want to get the Omicron? Oh, really? Omicron. It's pronounced Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. I heard the Omicron. The symptoms, the symptoms are pretty low. I heard compared to other things. Yeah, you oh, get okay. the you get the immunity without the death. Yeah. Ah. Well, you know, you don't know. I mean, they don't know yet. Here's where I think Gosh. I fucked myself though. I was making uh, three to four round trips a day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday by myself, like moving shit. Yeah. And my my I knocked my own like you know my I was so tired that I think I dropped my. <laughs> Immunity down low and it just kicked my ass. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh well. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is you wiped yourself out. You legitimately yeah. ran yourself out of energy. But then in addition to running yourself out of energy, you know, you got COVID, which then fucks you over because now you don't want to eat anything or whatever. So Jesus, yeah, you're you're yeah. double dipping, double dipping the bad sauce. Yeah. So yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Can't ask for anything worse than that. Ginger ale. We're on our way to a drink. I haven't drink yet. Smith, I saw, I didn't even realize um, until today I was going through all the shit that I've missed for the last week. Um, one of your buddies called or a relative or something. I'll give him a call back this weekend as soon as I feel like a normal human being. Yeah, it's a her, I think, but that's okay. okay. I didn't, I just saw that it was there. I just looked at the, uh, the voice message um, OCR. And I saw your name and I said, ah, okay, it's a Smith gig. Yeah. You guys want to see something cool? Yeah. <laughs> we turned our dishwasher into a bar. Nice. Oh, what? Eric, would you be so kind as to show the fine folks our dishwasher? She's pouring her coffee water first. So we, uh, we came up with this idea because we, we have not used our dishwasher in at least two years. So ready? Go ahead and pull out that bottom tray. 
<laughs> you go. I love it. That's it. So can you hand me a dark rum, please? Sure. Yeah, we got the stirs and all kinds of good stuff in there. And then, you know, <laughs> top shelves for the super tall bottles. But that's a little, that's a new tip from your Uncle Phil is just turn your old dishwasher into a bar. Havana Club? Havana Club sounds great. Right, right so there that. you go. Yeah, so that's that's a little tip. For, uh, you got your airline bottles right Yeah, we, we we also have a spot. Merritt's got a spot for the airline bottles. Bitters and yeah, Your bitters and everything else go in the uh, utensil tray. Yeah, that's a that's a viral video waiting to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to do you have to get that weird Chinese lady going like this guy turned his dishwasher into a bar. <laughs> yeah, the one who's simply yeah the one who simplifies everything. Yeah. The uh, the one that I like is the uh, the sexy cyborg uh, Naomi Wu, and that's the one that if you aren't watching the sexy cyborg, you probably should be. The uh, I even like the sexy. Merritt loves the sexy cyborg. She approves. She's very smart. Yeah, she approves, and uh, she's got she's been modified a lot, and she's well, she may be a work overdone, but you know. <laughs> Matter of taste. It's a matter of taste, exactly. Certain parts of her get there before the rest of her, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so I was that. totally yeah. in love with Seven of Nine for a long time. So, oh yeah, geez. Well, this uh, this woman's a cyborg. I think she only has two significant alterations, and they're both in front. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't received the entire Starfleet upgrade, but yeah. So that's that's who she's all about. But yeah, so well, right. In that case, then my wife's probably a cyborg too. Yes, well, exactly. That's that's the I think that's the I think that's the whole definition of it is that whole you know have received alterations and maybe no longer has all the stock factory parts. I think so. That would be a side boob. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally different, Steve. There's the side boob and the triclops, depending on which way you go. <laughs> Up one or down one. The uh, I prefer I prefer the triclops. Do you remember that girl that was trying to fall asleep? Do you remember that girl that was trying to do the thing with the three boobs, saying she had three and all that stuff, and then she almost got away with it? But they some uh, she was on a plane, and one of her content lists was like a prosthetic boob or something, and then she got busted. But she was trying to uh, do real. I had it implanted in New Zealand and all this shit. And, no, I've I've seen the real thing. It actually exists. Trust me. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there's video available. Are they even? Uh, the center one was actually the biggest one. The, the oh, two really? On the, yeah. What wow. is that? The donkey it, show? <laughs> it's on the U, U porns. Oh, I did not know. Two headed cow. There used to be a two headed cow at a bar in Euclid. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was the home of the two-headed cow. And it was actually like a it was like a one cow body with two heads coming off the cow body. Was it, it just taxidermy? No, it looked like it looked like it was real. Okay. No, but was it taxidermy or was it a living breathing animal? No, it was taxidermy. Yeah, okay. All right. They couldn't have messed with that at all. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the bar though, but it was like something the head, but their whole stick was. Whatever the name was, the head of the two-headed, the the home of the two-headed cow, and it was up on the wall underneath the skeet, like the skeet thing, like the bowling machine or whatever. It sat on top of that. So when you played the bowling machine, you saw the two-headed cow. 
You were just the whole time standing underneath the two-headed cow. The, uh, that was cool. It's believable. I mean, there's two-headed people and stuff like that. I mean, that's real. No, it was actually a calf, though. Like, I mean, it was only – it was the size of, like, a – I don't know, like a, like a big goat. I'm sure it was just big enough to win the category. Like, like <laughs> yeah. if you say you're going to have a two-headed cow, you don't need to have a 1,000-pound cow. No. You can do it with the smallest possible cow. Right. Well, you figure with humans, it's not, I mean, they can reason with each other and they can learn to get along and everything. With an animal like that, you might just get, like, as they get older, one might, like, chew the other one's face off or something yeah. and kill them both. I don't think they'd be able to, like, twist in the manner to be able to chew each other's face, but, but I mean, you wonder how the digestive tract works if it's, like, a split like esophagus or if one could only eat. It's a two into one. It's a two into one. Yeah. Well, apparently that the conjoined (laughs) twins that I've been following, they actually have a boyfriend. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, isn't one of them a country singer? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. 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 Two, two, two Richards. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Well, that would be the problem is if, if you were, you know, me, if I had another head, you know, like Rosie Greer up on my you know shoulders here, uh, that's an old 70s movie reference. But if you yeah, did, like, that was a good movie, too. <laughs> it, would, it would just be awful. I mean, we like, watched that, that at work. Out. We watched that at work the one day. You did? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's awful. Or uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Hell yeah. You know, everybody hated that movie. I loved the BBC version of it. Everybody mm-hmm. hated that movie. I liked that fucking movie, man. I thought the it was new, the cool. new one. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, right. I thought it was. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I don't have any problems with it. No, and yeah, I thought they did those... his face thing really well, like how it kind of shifted yeah. up and down and stuff. It, it Versus the, the, the 70s uh, TV series that had it next to him, it was just this dead-looking dead looking mannequin. The, the TV series. The BBC TV series was the worst. Like in the best way, though. budget was five dollars. Yeah, it made Doctor Who look like fucking Star Wars or something. Man. It was, yeah, <laughs> pretty low art. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so it uh, in interesting stuff at the shop news because you know it has virtually shut down. I think we've sold a, like one or two bikes this week. So it was a podcast. Are we lit? Are we calling? Yeah. This oh, we're lit. lit. We were recording. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, are we at podcast podcast number? What did we say, Sleepy? Three forty two, three fifty four, three fifty four, three five four. Yeah, yeah, three. Um, and I now that I'm actually able to get out of bed, um, in the next few days I'll edit a million three fifty three, and I'll get that up. So that'll be the okay. Thanksgiving one that you know, obviously Thanksgiving just happened, but it'll come up. Yeah, fantastic. The um, the audience is going to have to put up with some eating noises because I legit. I had to rush out of the shop, do a hundred jobs on my way home just to get back here because I'm not set up. I am not set up to do zoom call at all. Right. I'm sure well, none of us are. Well, let me explain and apologize to our listeners. Um, the reason that we have to do this is because even though I was vaccinated, I snagged the old COVID virus. And so for the last week I've been dead. <laughs> yeah. So well, tell us, tell us about your symptoms. Cause I know everybody here wants to know. Um, well, it started off kind of flu-like, and um, it progressed from there. And then one, on on 
Thursday night, I started to get pretty bad chills. And I was like, oh, it's probably still just, a, I mean, I'm vaccinated. It's probably the flu. Then Friday, I woke up. Didn't feel that bad. Uh, I went to my new house for the last time. I took one load. I came back and I, I was shaking so bad. I threw out my shoulder and I was laying in back. Couldn't get out of bed. My wife is gone. She had to go visit her dad. Her dad's not doing too well. So the whole family left. So I was by myself. So I came on climbing into bed with my dog and we're laying here and, and I started shaking. And then I got a stomach cramp so bad that it literally jolted my body. I didn't know I could fold as much as I did. And it just folded me in half and it didn't go away for 14 hours. It was just, it, it was the stomach cramp shakes, sweating. Then I'd be freezing. Then I'd be hot. Then I'd be freezing. Then I'd be hot. And then all my body aches started like all I already have arthritis. So any kind of arthritis joint or anything like that intensified by like 10. Um, I tried to drink water, immediately threw it up. And then as soon as I got done throwing the water up, it went to dry heaves. And usually that's like one or two heaves. It lasted like two hours at a time. And then I'd crawl back to bed and lay there shaking and just like and then like it would just go from like I'd be freezing. And so you'd sit there, you try to put a blanket on and then you get a thousand degrees hot and take that off. And then that would make you colder because now you're sweaty and cold. And it just was this whole fucking thing forever. And like that lasted for like the last four days. It was just a, off and on waves of that. Um, I, I had no BMs, nothing like that. I was trying to take some like, you know, medicines and things like that, but it was hard to keep anything down. I'd forced myself to drink water. I was drinking, I had some um, of that body armor shit like laying around in a thing. So I was drinking some of that body armor stuff and I'd force myself to keep it down just to have something in my stomach. Um, Finally, I think what helped me a little bit is I figured out my daughter for her school lunches, we get her these little like applesauce packets. So like I went, I went downstairs and figured out I could get those and just going downstairs and coming back up. Like, you know, you're, it makes you tired. Also, I was here with my animals alone. So every morning and night I'd have to save up like energy. I'd have to be like, okay, all right, in 20 minutes, you're going to get up and do this shit. So I'd get up and feed all the dogs and cats. And then by the time I got back up to the room, I couldn't move for like four hours. I was like, Jesus. it was like I worked a full day of like, like, you know, like back break, breaking rocks with a fucking chisel or something like that. That's how sore I was just from feeding the dogs and cats for 10 minutes. And, and come now back you and just created COVID-20 because you were sleeping with your dogs and cats. No, and not they're in- going to reinfect you. And now you're going to be the... You're going to be the dude that kills the entire world. No, they weren't with me. They were, he was down on the, he was down on his little thing, but he wouldn't, I tried to keep him out of the room, but if you ever have a pit bull, they're nurse dogs. So he's like freaking the fuck out. And so I had to let him in and he tried to get up on the bed and I told him no, and he was cool. So he laid in the corner, but it was weird. Cause like he literally, I don't think he slept. Like I, I really didn't sleep. Like, you know, you'd close your eyes to try to keep the shake. Oh, and my eyeballs were shaking. It was fucking crazy. Oh man. And, um, so like I'd close my eyes, try to keep the eyeballs from shaking, and then I'd open it and look, and then he'd just be staring at me. Like it could be like two hours later, and he's just sitting there staring at me. So I wasn't sure if he liked me or if he was just waiting for me to die so he could eat me. He's <laughs> the latter. <laughs> you can't get your dog COVID because he won't wear a mask. Period. <laughs> right. I don't think you can make him wear a mask. No, and I and I can't get him pregnant. He's a boy, so I tried that before. Oh no, I didn't. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> But yeah, so that was it. And then I guess like yesterday I started to like at least like be able to kind of eat something. I had a can of soup and something. And then uh, today I felt, you know, not too bad, man. Like I've had waves. Like it's weird. It's almost like COVID is photo, um, photo, um, uh, photosensitive. 
possessive because like during the day you're not too bad and like i was in the same position i didn't do anything i was sitting here like in my bed i was sitting there and i shut the lights off and as soon as the lights went off my nose started running and i started coughing i'm sure that other people have said this too when you're sick and you're trying to work through it or do whatever it's like you can survive the whole day and be somewhat miserable low-grade miserable but then you get home and you take your fucking boots off and then all hell breaks loose and you're like i'm just gonna fucking die and then the next day you somehow manage to rally and go to work again but i there's something to it it's like when you take away the stimulus um you start to notice the other problems yeah definitely um, I, don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this today, but I thought this was pretty cool. Um, so I posted a thing on Moto Stories just because, you know, like I was trying to keep consistent and then it's just been dead <laughs> for weeks. So I said, hey, guys, sorry, I got sick, blah, blah, whatever. You know, we have some stuff coming up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever. So if anybody ever wonders, if anybody ever listens to this shit, this dude, Yama, Yama Tricks T500, sounds like an awesome guy, said that Spotify has informed him that in this past year, He's listened to 15,038 minutes, a.k.a. 130 episodes of the Cleveland Moto podcast, plus every single Motor Stories episode. Should he seek help? Should he be concerned? <laughs> I say we got to send this dude a fucking cup or a mug or something. I know shit. <laughs> Here's to you, my friend. Here yeah. is to you. Right. Yeah. So that, that was I'm so bad. sorry. But you know what? That made my fucking day, man. That really made me happy, man. Like four hours a week, man. Yeah. Yeah. 15,000. Since, since when you say it made your day, I'm wondering whether it made you nauseous. No, it made me actually pretty happy, man. I was like, yeah. that was all right. Yeah, that's so, that's serious. Yeah. So people do listen. That makes me happy. They do. And it is, we've had, we this week in particular, it's sad that, you know, you're, you're down and you're out, you know, you're on the DL as it were, but yeah, we've had a lot of, we had a lot of folks chiming in. Uh, I, I'm going to say Matt, uh, Matt Davidson, who's a podcast listener. He's chimed in a bunch. I mean, Matt, Matt is like one of our solid OG listeners. You never sent me the pictures. (laughs) 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 You, You know, Again, we're, we we will give him props, but Matt Davidson just discovered something that all of us have been aware of for a long time, and that's the Vespa Cannon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. So a lot of us we've been aware of that. You know that Vespa, that French. It's made by the French company ACMA, and it's got a uh, a seventy five millimeter recoilless rifle on it. And so he's he's straight up like. He just discovered that or, but here's the weird thing. I had a buddy that sent this over my way, knowing that he had the hotline number. So here's somebody who's a buddy of his that is not a Patreon subscriber apparently, but knows that Matt is and sent it over there. And uh, he said, it seems like a really fucking terrible idea. Well, no shit. Yeah. It's a really (laughs) fucking terrible idea. Um, In the military, I have been next to or close to, a 75 millimeter recoilless rifle when it's fired. There is no doubt in my mind that the, the term recoilless, I'd like to pay special attention to the less at the end of it. It is not recoil free. It is recoil less. I'm certain that firing a recoilless rifle that's in the middle of a Vespa scooter would turn a Vespa scooter into jello. Uh, <laughs> but yet- wait a second. But wait a second. You don't actually fire it. That just carries it like a. It's not permanently attached, is it? It is. So anyway, the way this works 
is that the recoilless rifle is mounted under your seat, okay? Now, it's not meant to be fired while you're driving. It is meant to park it, aim it vaguely in the direction of the tank you want to destroy, load in one of those six recoilless rifle shells, and shoot it at the tank using your best possible sighting method, which I think is park the scooter next to the tank. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Well, especially supposed- considering those shells, those 75 millimeter recoilless rifle shells, those shells weigh about 50 pounds a piece. So just in ammunition, you're carrying 300 pounds on the an eight inch wheeled Vespa. And now, you have to yeah. aim, the, aim the whole thing at a yeah. tank. Yeah. And as you can see, it has it has what I'd like to call slightly modified center stands. So the, the center stand is slightly modified from a normal Vespa center stand. But yes, the answer so if is... You need to, so if you need to point it down, you have to stand behind the Vespa... And lift it up. Hold the back wheel up while you right. fire it and yes. catch all the... Yeah, no. But catch all the back blast. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it's a disaster. It's, it's such an idea from a, from a strategic standpoint. It is such a good idea that only the French could have come up with it. <laughs> Do you know if it's, it's ever been used in battle no it has not so it this device this whole thing came out before the vietnam war um in a time when the french had a lot of time to kill because they really they weren't actively involved they didn't have any skin in the game in vietnam anymore and uh so what where this thing came out and what you can't see in this picture is on the other side every single one of these i've seen in a museum and i've seen a bunch um, has had a French airborne insignia on the side of it. So in addition to being a bad idea on the ground, they also dropped these from the air. So, oh, well, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to shoot them while you're in the air, while you can yeah. still aim everything. <laughs> or a better idea, just drop it on a tank. Yeah. And hope that the rounds go off and kill the tank. Yeah. But the idea of riding that scooter with a gun, a gun that weighs over 400 pounds, ammunition that weighs over 300 pounds if anybody knows what it's like to ride two chubby guys on a vespa with eight inch wheels you'll know that doing it with a tank a cannon and six rounds of ammunition is impossible especially when five feet of gun comes out off the front of the scooter yeah so i um, I think that it's like all other french weapons you know never been fired and only been dropped once I went down you're to walking around with a, you're walking around with a totally useless big dick. <laughs> I went ahead. Let me tell you about that. I went down. I'm not going to get into the rabbit hole, but it was a great documentary series. Three, three seasons long, the whole thing. And it's about, you know, certain German guys and like their, their activity after the war and stuff like that and how much they did. But one of the things just to correlate with that um, in Norway, they were guarding a fort and they found these Nazi uh, fortifications where they had 60 inch guns. That could shoot 32 miles and be That's accurate. Five feet. Yeah. It's insane. It's, I mean, wow. like they're 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 the biggest weapon or biggest gun ever recorded in, in the world. And uh they fired them fairly regularly, I guess. And the turrets, um, these things that they're mounted in yeah. and all that, the turret is 120 feet in diameter. That's what is like in, in the ground and built in the ground that this thing turns on and stuff like that. But yeah, 32 mile range with an accuracy of like, you know, 12 feet or something like that. It was insane. That's like the entire thing is the, a lot of people were spending a lot of time working on artillery 
-hmm. while our country was developing nuclear weapons. Well, so were they. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was good, man. I was terrified. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. It's amazing, amazing, amazing documentary. But anyway, I watched a documentary where there was it was after the war where there were still Nazis in Argentina or whatever. That's what this was. Build a heavy water. They were still trying to build it, make, you know, generate heavy water at a hydro station to, you know, to build the Fourth Reich. That's well, that was those guns were guarding that hydro station because that's where they were doing the heavy water. They found 700 fortified camps throughout South America. And I'm not talking like camps. I'm talking <laughs> 50 acre to 100 acre to five miles to 50 mile fortified bunkered camps. And all the big dog Nazi guys were alive. They have, yeah. they, 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 this was like an FBI, like full investigation of everything. And they showed logs and records. They had a fucking they had, Nazi. They had paperwork signed by Mendela and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You saw it too. That thing was, it was amazing, man. You know, when I think about that, I think about all the Americans that have houses and have retired to Costa Rica mm-hmm. because they're just tired of living in the snow and shit like that. Yeah. And like your money goes a little further or whatever. But I think the Nazis had the exact same exit strategy. It was called Argentina or yeah, it was called were, South Africa. You know, they like, were trying to build the fork. Right. They didn't go to retire, man. They were they were going to, to build it up and they wanted to take out the Panama Canal to kill us like this to stop our economy completely. They whipped out the uh, the original light bulb from the lighthouse, and it was this yeah. big swastika in the middle. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit! Yeah, it was, it was like a bat signal. It was yeah. like <laughs> you know what? You, you know the what? switch and it projected a giant swastika up on the clouds. That's discreet. <laughs> but this was interesting. The most interesting thing of the whole thing to me, though, you know, not even taking into what it was about, was the software they had. So the reason they were able to do all this is they developed a new software. They took 18,000 documents from all the different countries' governments, all yeah. the different like FBI's, MIA, six, like all these different things, all, all the new unclassified documents from the last 70 years. They fed them into this, this data system, and then it scans all the documents. And now you can go to it and say, uh, South America, Mangala, da-da-da, and it'll pull up all the links to all the stuff that matches all that. And that's how they are able to piece all this together, which... Like, I don't, I can't believe the, I'm, well, I'm sure the FBI does have something like that, but it's like, it was pretty amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when the more that you get on a deep dive on anything like that, you realize, and what we're going through today where people are like, you know, I think there's some kind of a conspiracy. Well, no shit. There's a fucking conspiracy. Yeah. You know, I got into yeah. one today where like the government didn't tell us till now uh, um, about the, the Japanese uh, photo balloons. Where yeah, like they, right. they were strapping the bombs to the balloons, yeah. and they said there's over seven thousand of them still unexploded all over the United States. And since the government Pacific never Northwest told anybody, is probably full of them. Yeah, and like the government never told anybody, so there's only been one, two incidents so far of kids finding them and blowing up. The most, what I, my favorite thing about this story right now at this particular moment is the one guy in our group that would have the most to say about this is the one that is counting sheep right now. <laughs> the uh but everything's so, a conspiracy it's a hundred percent right now if everything's a conspiracy is nothing a conspiracy that's it um here's a little something for you hopper's just it. sitting back listening he's like this is like my normal regular programming <laughs> <laughs> no though because we had talked about the nazis in the moon then and then he'd have been all oh, about yeah. it <laughs> no, i was about to mention that <laughs> so, this is uh if you want to know what it's like some, sometimes to be a dealer weird shit happens 
I got an email from a person that, you know, a person who lives in Cleveland area that has an Energica motorcycle, you know, Energica electric motorcycle. And this guy's got one and, and he's been super invested in the idea of my shop becoming an Energica dealership, right? Because he wants a place to be able to bring his bike and get services done. And he was with us on our distinguished gentleman's ride this year. He had that blue Energica SS9 and he's a super nice guy, but you know, he's an electrical engineer and, you know, as you would be if you owned that motorcycle. And so he sends me this message today that he's gotten news from the people at Energica that, of course, as me, a dealer, I'm going to have my first demo bike in a month. And then I'm going to have, I think Merritt just laughed in the background. Uh, that was pretty funny. But the uh, but then two months later, by February, I'm going to have all three versions of their bikes on my floor. And this is a customer telling me this. Aren't I supposed to have that information directly from the manufacturer? Yeah. I thought you I thought you were supposed to be the oracle. I know. The around. That's it. So yeah, he told me he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I talked to Energica." And they're like, "Oh, you're going to have your first demo bike. It's going to be there in 30 days. And uh then you're going to get uh three more bikes uh by by February." And I was like, Wow, man, that's that's fantastic because I haven't signed my dealer contract yet. So <laughs> you better what you better watch a fucking truck's gonna pull up and all of a sudden blop blop blop. I know, and uh, the thing is, like, I haven't agreed to any of their their terms or their flooring terms or any of their their stuff they're doing. But um, like a lot of Italian companies I've worked with in the past, you're right, John. The truck shows up and they go like, "Oh, here's your fifty thousand dollars worth of signage and parts." And the next truck shows up and they're like, oh, here's $200,000 worth of clothing and apparel. And then you're like, what the fuck? And then the third truck shows up last with 35 bikes you didn't order. And uh, and that's like, oh, okay. Uh, so I thought it was great today when I got a message from one of my customers letting me know that apparently um, I was an Energica dealer and I'd have my demo bike in less than 30 days. So Don't sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to negotiate the terms before you sign anything. What did you say, Merritt? Yeah, so that's it. Merritt just said, yeah, he was on the horn with Santa's hotline. The uh, I'm sure the people at Energica were like, oh, yeah, well, of course we got a dealer in Cleveland. We got, we got Ohio covered. Yeah, yeah, buy another bike. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. And I actually, Sleepy, I think you're onto something because I think that I mean, he's got more than a small handful of miles on the SS9. He's had it for a couple of years now. I think he's got the itch to buy another Energica. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so with Zero, Zero's doing a bunch of weird shit right now, too. So Zero's basically selling you a bike like a Tesla, and then you buy the bike, and then you can pay a subscription fee to unlock parts of the bike. So it's like, like an Elio. You want uh, you want uh, reverse on your electric motorcycle? You want your Zero to have a reverse? You can have that. 200 bucks, and we'll unlock it. Do you want turn signals? 5,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think a kid like Nick over here is just not going to hack the shit out of that and fucking do whatever he wants? I got a question for you. So this one's something that maybe you guys have an answer for. If I were to buy a vehicle like uh, like Kromke, who's not here tonight because he's at a snob meeting. Uh, Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he's Here's my question. If Kromke has to pay a subscription fee to his uh, to his cell phone, so he can open up his uh, doors or start his engine remotely on his Subaru. So 
you know, he doesn't have a, a keychain that has a button on it that just automatically opens up the doors for free from the day he buys the car until the day, you know, the car dies in a crusher. He has to pay a subscription fee for the permission to open his doors or start his engine. I think it's just start the engine on his uh, phone. Well, if he does buy that, he pays for that feature, that option. If he sells the car, does the feature go with the car or does the new owner have to buy all that shit again? Oh, is he it seems it? to me is like the, buying, it's a feature that is a feature that he's buying just the activation of the internet on the vehicle. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Well, so that the vehicle is connected. So they're right. actually paying a subscription fee to like the cell service or the whatever service that is to activate the internet app. So, right. So I guess well, it's, it's just, it's just like satellite radio or something yeah. that's in right. some cars where it's like, if, if, if you buy a used car that has XM satellite radio in it, right. As soon as the plan or whatever finishes its, its, uh, its contract, then it'll just stop. So if I buy my motorcycle. The thing is, it's going to be like, I mean, we had radios. Okay. So they had subscriptions and stuff like that. And if you wanted to have Bluetooth or whatnot, you had to pay Motorola and everything and you couldn't get away with it because they're always online. Mm -hmm. So every time they touch the system, they're reporting what what they're using. So if you jimmied it somehow or something like that, it would report that you're using it, and they would know, and they bill off of that, you know. Mm. So like your zero, it it's connecting whether you know it or not, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, at zero, you don't have to log in for it to report back to zero. Nope. It will it will automatically. They know everything that's going on with that bike. Well, that, so yeah. And if you've paid for the application, if you've paid to have reverse or you've paid to have extra battery or paid to have extra power, which these are all yeah. options you can pay to have. Yeah. And then if I sell that, if I get that bike over the course of like five years, if I totally pimp this shit out and I've got, you know, $4,000 worth of upgrades turned on in that machine and I sell it to Nick, well, the second the real question is what. Would the DMV, how, do they get DMV records to show that title transferred? You know what I mean? I don't like, think they do. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, you're just going to give the bike and the keys to this guy. It's going to change location. They might have some like geofencing yep. that tells them if, well, it was originally in Cleveland. Now it's in California. We, we need to like. If I don't give Nick my passcode or my login, right? If yeah. I go out, if I go out to that bike and say, okay, I'm selling this bike to Nick. I want to clean all my shit out of that bike. And I hit the reset button on the dashboard of the bike. Yeah. Um, Nick ain't going to get all that stuff I paid for. Mm -mm. Yeah. So that's, well, that, that, that's a good question because when the new owner, mm -hmm. uh, do they have the option of, of uh, registering it or whatever with, yeah. with zero? With zero. Um, right. Because it, I would imagine that, all of these these upgrades are not hardware upgrades. It's all just software. It, every single bike has those features. It's just whether it's unlocked or not. So you know who'd be good to ask about this is somebody who owns a Tesla, because like if you own a Tesla and you paid for something like a five thousand dollar option, like ludicrous mode, right? Mm -hmm. And you paid for that. Well, when you're no longer the owner of that vehicle. And it hands off to somebody else and they enter their data onto the screen and say, I'm your new owner, Tesla. Um, this is my email address. This is my, you know, this is how you hail me when somebody's trying to break in. So if somebody's trying to break into my Tesla, it's not calling the guy that used to own it, right? As soon as I do that, does Tesla go, oh, well, new owner, would you like to purchase ludicrous mode? You know, 
I wonder um, if it's your account. So like, what if you own a Tesla, you purchase uh, ludicrous mode, you use it for three years and then Tesla comes out with a doper model and you're like, I want that, but I want to keep my account. Do you have to pay five grand again to get it again? again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or to just transfer with your account. Like, you know, right. when you get a new phone now, all your old yeah. shit, if you paid for stuff, it, it just shows over. up on your new phone. Yeah. That's a very, very interesting point. Because those items that you're purchasing, are you purchasing them as devices or things that you own? Like yeah. a, a Dungeons and Dragons character, like you're carrying that around in your backpack. Right. right? It's like an app. Like you bought right. that app. I bought Ludacris app for yep. Tesla. You know what I mean? Like, Or is it just, well, I've, I've modified this particular VIN number and that modification goes with that VIN. Yeah. All right. It's a weird, I mean. It's like 2.0. Like I... I I purchased a mod 2.0 and the new vehicle is going to need 2.5. Yes. That's what they'll do. And right. typically oh, yeah. now with all the, everything you buy for wastewater, they right. have yearly subscriptions. Ah. So you have to pay yearly for it, but yep. it also begs, does the, does the zero have Wi-Fi or does it have just Bluetooth? So is it using your phone to communicate? Like once it connects Bluetooth, does yep. it use the app on your phone to connect to the internet to connect to zero? So if you sell it and you never, if you keep your Wi-Fi off and your mobile data off, yeah. you still communicate with it, but it can't get out. Well, Steve, to answer your question, you're absolutely right. It does. So it Bluetooth, it Bluetooth connects to your phone because there's many things that a zero owner would want to do through the app on their phone. A lot of things. There's, it's very attractive. So, of course, you would turn your phone on and you would connect your phone to your bike and you would, you would let your phone acknowledge your bike and vice versa. But as soon as you do that, yes, it is going to go online. It is going to use that Wi-Fi connection. So I guess you might have to turn the Wi-Fi off on your phone before you allow your phone to connect Bluetooth to your bike. Well, the other, the other thing is firmware updates is a good way to keep people making their some. So they come up with a new firmware update in the old firmware. It expires at a certain point. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. upload the new firmware, you don't get to keep using it. And if you're a new owner, you can't upload the firmware, new firmware, because you have to log in and stuff like yeah. that. So and that's, that a is huge, that's a huge problem. My friend's a teacher. You know, Phil Ray Hung. Yeah. And, and he his whole school uses Chromebooks. They're three years old now. And none of the state testing stuff will work on the Chromebooks that the schools have because Chrome or those apps have now updated it. And they're using, the, just like he said, they're using a new, the new version of the operating system and they won't run on the old one anymore. So he has like 250 Chromebooks. He can't afford to get new ones because he doesn't work at a school that's really well off. And so he can't do the testing and the state's mad at him. But what, what can they do? He that's needs how to talk to Chris Franklin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We should definitely, he would know all that, man. He needs to talk to Chris Franklin. Yeah, good you know, point. So. I might, I'm going to set him up with that, actually. That's, that's a good, that's a, that's a good connection to make. Yeah. Hey, he's the right guy. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Always. Mm -hmm. A woman goes into a tattoo parlor and tells a tattoo artist that she wants a tattoo of a turkey on her right thigh just below her bikini line. She also wants him to put happy Thanksgiving under the turkey. So the guy does it and it comes out looking really good. The woman then instructs him to put a Santa tattoo with Merry Christmas on her left thigh. So the guy does it and it comes out looking good too. As the woman's getting dressed to leave, the tattoo artist asks, 
If you don't mind, could you tell me why you had me put such unusual tattoos on your thighs? She says, I'm sick and tired of my husband complaining all the time that there's nothing good to eat between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> hey, well, we're going to find out now if this recording uh, is going to be okay. Where it's going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so speaking of I got Christmas, a second joke, but I'll hold it till the end. Hold it, because speaking of Christmas, did anybody do their homework that Phil assigned us? I did assign I, some homework. Yeah. I did. I did. All right. I just sent. I I just sent over a text. Oh, you did? Okay. I'll, I'll look for that. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a podcast. It is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, listeners. Too bad you can't see my test. <laughs> yeah. So, what? What I uh, the one that Chris? I, I believe the one that Chris sent to me, which is is amazing. I'm going to pull it up right to the screen. Oh, that look at the technology. A, yeah. A remote-controlled Abrams tank. Now, if you judge <laughs> that by the scale of that son of a bitch in the picture, it looks like it's at least two feet long. Yeah, it's twenty-five like, inches, man. Twenty-five. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I see. That's that. about what, like this? <laughs> twenty-five inches. Yeah. <laughs> At our podcast, that's twenty-five inches. Right. Because <laughs> that's half a foot. Yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, holy shit. Uh, and, and the, the main gun fires six millimeter diameter, uh, plastic pellets, six millimeter, John, is that standard airsoft size? Uh, no, I mean, a standard airsoft BB is going to only be like two or three millimeters. You know, if you measured the diameter of it, assuming. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Six, six millimeters. That's kind of quarter inch. Oh, you that's can retrofit it with the, uh, with the gun off the Vespa. Ah, <laughs> i gotta say uh, i have i owned a very i owned a, a relatively small maybe less than a foot long you know at least 12 inches long um remote control tank that that was not great i mean it was it would go places and would do things but it, it wasn't spectacular that looks pretty fucking spectacular i mean you know for what it's worth remote control tank you you have my attention nick what do you think the viability of that product is do you think that thing's legit or do you think that's going to be a hot ball of shit oh yeah i think it's probably legit i mean um, read it more nick it charges only through usb it oh, has not yeah, recharged, it's, not it's replaced i didn't read any of it so yeah because you uh, but i mean that being said rc tanks have been around for quite a while so they sure have but there's, usually... there's a lot of people who do um like Paddles. electronic combat with it, where it's it's almost like laser tag with tanks, right? Or have but you seen are... the ones where the tops are they they highly detail them with balsa wood? So the bottom of the tank is like a solid, like you know the thing, and right. then they build the top of the tank out of balsa wood, like little okay. one eighth inch balsa wood, and yeah. then they have a plate inside that balsa wood thing. So yeah. they have real guns, they shoot real BBs. So oh. these little tanks are driving around, blowing BBs at each other. Yeah. And when they can get through the balsa wood and hit that plate, it shuts that tank it's off. It's shut it down. Yeah, then it goes to, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, I mean, that's very elaborate, but the, I know I've done some looking at, you know, gasoline powered and other remote control tanks and they're bloody expensive. Oh, yeah. So something like this though, I mean, this is for the home gamer. We're talking about under $300. So yeah, it'd be fun to play in the back. I'm sure it won't suck completely. Right. You know, oh yeah, and it's freaking huge. So that's yeah. already cool. What's two neat feet, is like two feet yeah. long. Yeah. What's neat now is like even toy remote control stuff doesn't suck. 
Like, right. you know, 20 years ago, you go to Radio Shack, your thing worked for four minutes and it got stuck on a pebble and everything sucked. But now even the cheap shit at KB Toy Store is all right, you know? Well, t- Nick, could you tell our podcast listeners about the remote control vehicles that you, did you restore or did you resto mod, like upgrade those? Um, well, I, I do a lot of, uh, well, I used to do a lot of, actually, Sleepy is way more radio control than I ever was, um, yeah, but- but I, yeah, you, I, you um, did something I never did. You took a plastic toy and made it new, right? Oh, well, it's like real actually, shit. That's a this Tyco Terrain Twister. Um, <laughs> he had it and right that's there. exactly it. Yeah, uh, but but also like I I don't know I, I just love tinkering with that shit. Um, so it's it's really fun I think to add hobby grade electronics to stuff that was never supposed to last well like sleepy said longer than a few hours the consumer grade stuff was meant to get out from under the christmas tree yep that and that hey, one um, the I'll quad go. runner what what happened to the quad runner you were doing oh the all right quad hold on <laughs> i like that nixon his garage so to get I, all the fun right i bought this traxxas revo which is a eight scale monster truck and then i i saw that there was an official Kawasaki licensed like ride on push toy thing. Right. And it just happens to be the perfect size. Oh my God. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. So um, this fantastic. is still a work in progress, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you gotta fire you gotta fire that thing up and put a little kid doll on it and just oh, ride yeah. it in the street. Oh it's no, like, I'm way I'm run it cool. into people's car, like run it out in front of traffic and stuff. <laughs> have your have your girlfriend run down the street. No, no he needs oh, a capuchin it. monkey. He needs an actual <laughs> capuchin monkey, which would be the Put perfect it, scale. Putting a, a doll on this thing and then running it full speed into like a picket fence or something would be spectacular. Extremely realistic doll. Yeah. <laughs> With a little audio track that just plays. <laughs> oh wait that's the other thing is it it makes noises too i'm revved up let's get going oh my oh my god, god. <laughs> <laughs> i'm revved up let's get going at 200 scale miles per hour yeah <laughs> I, all i heard when that thing said that was the dude from uh <laughs> um uh the fat guy uh, uh fuck you know that guy's like come on chris now let's get revved up and going, buddy. <laughs> the Family Guy pedophile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you hand me the? Um, so, John, what'd you come up with? The closet, and then hand uh, me the yeah the bad one, and then well, hand me the good one that's on the thing. Well, for the last ten years, I've wanted a helmet, <laughs> but uh, you know, helmet. But you can't find one in four X. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the one thing I mean, you know, the one thing that I would I, I know I've said it a million times, but the heated grips, those yeah. NOCO heated grips, you can't go wrong. They're awesome. They're not, you know, they're right around the hundred and hundred twenty dollar mark. I mean, anybody would be happy to have those. And if you're going to be out in the snow, you don't put them on your bike and you can slide things into them and put a nine volt or a little Lego battery and you're solid for a couple hours. Yeah, sure. Yeah, heated grips is a fantastic <laughs> gift idea for anybody with a motorcycle. You can slide those up your Janus and keep it real nice and warm. Yep. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so um, Mecklefresh got me addicted a couple of years ago to the Ryobi system. And I saw you had some Ryobi sitting in the background there. Yeah, so, so 
I had been a Milwaukee person for a really long time. I have the, you know, the, the larger battery system Milwaukee's and I have the M12s, the smaller battery system Ryobi's and so, or Milwaukee. So this was something that I had bought years ago um, because it uses the M12 battery pack, right? And what I can tell you is this is the world's worst dustbuster. Um, in the history of the planet, there has never been a less effective dustbuster. This will not suck up a kernel of corn if you put the kernel of corn in this business end of it. <laughs> Drop it down and, the entrance. Yes. And it has the fantasy of having attachment. <laughs> right? Okay. Thanks for our, our podcast viewers will appreciate this. This is like the Empire Strikes Back, the opening shot of the battle cruiser. It just goes on forever and ever and ever. But the idea of this extension, this three foot or four foot long extension on this particular device is fantasy, pure fantasy. That's the noise it makes. It makes noise. It does not create any actual vacuum. It just creates noise. Okay. So it's like a storm stormtrooper's blaster. It's useless. It makes noise. It does fuck off. Okay. All it does is drain the life out of M12 batteries. And you can chase around a piece of cat litter for a week and a half. You will not suck it up. And that's the reason I have it. I have it so I can do quick detail cleanups around the litter box. Turns out totally fucking useless. All right. So John gets me addicted to green tools, right? And by green tools, I mean these things. Okay. And that's for people who are reading it backwards, right? That's Ryobi. So, and if you want to read it the other way, it goes that way too. All right. So this thing, on the other hand, this is not the M12 system. And this was designed by somebody who knows something about sucking. Uh, <laughs> this thing will impress you with the amount of shit it can suck up. Here's how you can tell one's good and one's bad. This device is three days old. And if you look closely, it's got all kinds of dirt and shit in it, right? It's, it's been used, right? It works. Like we did some modifications to the doorway over there and it works. So this is three days old. It's full of garbage. Okay. This son of a bitch. All right. This son of a bitch is like two, three years old and that's all it's got in it. Right. And I've never cleaned it because I don't, you don't have to empty it if it ain't got nothing in it. So <laughs> bullshit, like top grade garbage bullshit. And on the other hand, get yourself some fucking green because mm -hmm. this thing. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is, this is a good thing. And then, you know, you can get the different batteries. They have different thicknesses of batteries that have different amounts of electrons in them. So you can suck for longer. Um, you're still going to suck the same strength, but you can suck for longer. In this setup, I got the, uh, the leaf blower and uh, I got this thing. Now, here's a warning about the leaf blower. They've got like 250 implements that all go to the business end of this battery, right? So... Warning, they have two, maybe three different leaf blowers. One of their leaf blowers is the Fisher Price My First Leaf Blower. <laughs> no. The, the no. audience is laughing. I'm going to make it very fucking clear to you. It doesn't blow shit. All right. This is like St. Andrew's School for Girls. Nothing's getting blown around that device. It is useless as a blower. Okay. You got the weed whacker. All right. I got the, the fish bud. Fisher Price, my first weed whacker. Did you get, did that weed whacker also come with the leaf blower? No, I, I, I bought tool only because I already okay. had the battery system. Right. Um, so I bought the, that's, like a cool thing, that's a cool thing about Ryobi. Like yeah. the tools without the battery are relatively right. cheap. 
yeah. you can buy the tool for twenty nine ninety five and the yeah. battery with the tool and a charger for fifty one ninety five or whatever. So you end up getting a battery and a charger for like twenty three bucks. But Nick, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other part of the shit that I bought. I bought that leaf that that string trimmer. That string trimmer came with a leaf blower, and the string trimmer is my first string trimmer. But the string trimmer is oh now that right there now that right there that, the tire inflator. Okay, tell them about that, Nick. It's garbage. Um, yeah. So I've I've broken two of those, mm-hmm. but they were oh. cheerfully given back to me. So mm-hmm. I had two of them that I broke. Um, they don't take a fall. Don't don't throw it across the garage. Well, this I, I use it for autocross because I, I can yeah. drive to a race with yep. my street tire pressure and then yep. inflate to whatever I need it to be. But there's no trigger lock. You can press the it trigger doesn't... and it doesn't stay. So I put a rubber band around it. Oh, yeah. So I don't have a rubber band. I have a stick. So ah. I, when I'm filling tires up at the shop, I just find a little stick laying on the ground. And I put a piece of stick in there and it jams the trigger open. Oh, okay. That works too. But here's what I said. I've had four of them now. I've returned two of them. John bought me one that you know ultimately got sacrificed and I had to return it. And then I bought a couple more. I got one here at the house and one at the shop. They all read two to three PSI optimistically mm-hmm. when you let go of the trigger. So you're inflating it. You go up to 32 PSI. You let go of the trigger, 28 and a half. So you basically have to go to 35, 36 PSI, let go of the trigger, 32. And right. that was goes, the whole reason I bought. That's why I bought you those. I really like that inflator. I used my buddies one time and it was so fucking handy. It's fucking genius. That inflator is God's. So this is my point. Christmas gift. Get your husband, get your boyfriend, get your girlfriend, get your cellmate attracted and attached to the idea of having green tools because Ryobi makes ridiculous numbers of attachments for these things. I, uh, I just bought a, a, a cordless hot glue gun that uses the same battery. Um, and I have a like a Brad, like a like a finish nailer that I, I use all the time. Yep. It's way easier than using a freaking hammer. So, yep. And uh, I don't know if I can bother Dr. Waters again, but in the top drawer of my accessory cabinet, she's going to bring over my favorite Ryobi device ever. And uh, I've kind of gone through the catalog of finding the things that I'm kind of okay with and the things I really fucking like. But the thing that uh, the Ryobi device that I have now found that tops all of them uh, is this thing. Um, I'll have my lovely assistant, Vanna, produce it for me. There's, there's my lovely assistant, Vanna. Yeah. And then it's this thing. Because the battery becomes the weighted base of the son of a bitch. And I love the fact that 90% of the cordless charging, you know, soldering irons that I have are butane powered. And therefore their heat goes from zero to 1200, 12,000 degrees like that. And you're invariably burning your fingers all the time. This son of a bitch is consistent. And it's as good as the battery is. Uh, so... This thing, and I think this might have been 23 bucks or 29 bucks if you already have the batteries. So these green tools, holy shit, you talk about stocking stuffers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah, whatever your husband's into, he can get into it with one of those. Um, I had my two things. And going yeah. to your air pump thing, one, Chris Smith has mine, I think, um, is moto pumps. So it's a small little pump that uh, plugs into a SEA connection. So like your battery tender connection and stuff, um, it has protection on it. So if you fuck it up or something, it won't blow your battery up. It'll take the hit. 
but it, it's it's saved me it's blown up tires it's i mean it's great it fits mo- under most seats of most motorcycles and stuff it's great that was the, the thought of that but the biggest one for me and this is probably affordable so like this is legit if you have a motorcyclist in your life um you can never have enough of these but if you if your husband or wife is a motorcyclist and they're outside fucking around with ratchet straps and they're hating themselves trying to take their bike somewhere get them a good set honda makes them other people make them i'm sure phil can tell you from your shop non-ratcheting pull like just little like thick nice with the um the strap that goes over the handlebar and through the hoop like they're they're actual motorcycle non-ratcheting tie-down straps that's the best thing i've ever i moved eight bikes last week in three days from (laughs) little ones to 850s and all that stuff on my little four by seven trailer and I had no problems. Not one bike got loose. Not one bike moved. Not one bike did anything. Is the, and it's so easy. It takes like four seconds to put them on, pull them in. There's none of that crap of like trying to figure out if you got the thing right and you're ratcheting and you catch your finger. It's it's a game changer. Like you you guys told me that a couple of years ago. I mean, I think I think Phil, you told me that. I was like, it can't be that much better. I, I don't know. Can I trust these things? Trust them. They are great. They're the best thing ever, man. So there's a company cute. called Moose. And if you're not into dirt bikes, you're not familiar with moose. But if you are into dirt bikes, you're familiar with moose. Uh, moose like the, you know, like the animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, moose makes probably the best uh, cam lock tie down straps in the world because of the, the business end that hooks up to your truck has got an actual carabiner on it. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, it's great. So it's a carabiner. So it's got a carabiner on the end of it. And then the other end of it has got the hook, the, the traditional rubberized hook, but also with a soft strap. So you can double it over your handlebars and make sure that's not going anywhere. Having the carabiner on the south end is fucking important because when you go over a set of railroad tracks or come in or out of a driveway hot and that bike does move a little bit on its suspension, you don't want that hook that's going in the eyelet on your trailer or your truck to let go. Nope. So having the carabiner on the end makes a fucking big difference. And those moose straps come two to a pack. You can get them in many fruit flavors and various colors. And uh, they're not expensive. I mean, under 30 bucks a set. And you know what else is pretty cool about the carabiner thing? I haven't had a bike yet where when I pull the other end down, I couldn't put the loose end into the carabiner. And now you don't have a floppy. um, Yeah, very good. Unbelievable, man. That's a great, that's a fucking great gift. Yeah. Yeah, And it's affordable. You know, you're talking what, 50 bucks maybe or something like that. And I guarantee you, in fact, if you get that for your spouse and they don't like them, you can tell them to write me a hate mail. Because I, I can't, I don't know anybody that wouldn't think they're great. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You could send them to me and I'll take them off your hands for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or just get yeah. a better spouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just it. If somebody doesn't appreciate getting a set of tie-down straps, fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I agree. Anyone else got any good gifts? Steve did, but he fell asleep. I know he did. Yeah. He assured us five minutes ago that he wasn't sleeping, but here we are. And here we are looking at nothing. You know what's going to have to come into play when I edit this is the pink dildo. Yeah, there's going to be a, a pink dick of shame going yeah. over there. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to the U.S. Virgin Islands for our Christmas break. Ooh. So wow. we're going to be heading heading down there probably on like the 18th or so. And the one of the funniest things is I really wanted to make sure that you know at some point on the trip we were on motorcycles, right? Not just laying on a beach drinking cocktails. But the, the reading reviews of people that are talking about, like, should I rent a motorcycle on the U.S. Virgin Islands? First of all, on the U.S. Virgin Islands, you pay with U.S. dollars, check. 
The cars you all rent are normal American cars with the steering wheel where it should be. Yet on the islands, you drive on the left, even though they're the U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, let's take a trip 12 miles away and go to the British Virgin Islands, and they drive on the left, and they take American dollars as the main form of currency, and their cars have the steering wheels wherever the fuck they might be. But (laughs) the point being that in the U.S. Virgin Islands, you drive on the left side of the road. And based on everything we've seen, the roads are all too narrow for two cars to pass each other at the same time. Everybody that's had an opinion of riding a motorcycle on the U.S. Virgin Islands has said, don't do it. It's a bad fucking idea. And there's nowhere you can rent anything on the U.S. Virgin Islands that isn't a a scooter or a dirt bike. So I've rented us a dirt bike for uh, our time for a few days on the island. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Hey, Phil, let me, let me give you a heads up on the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas. Yeah. There is a uh, dive center called Aqua Action Dive Center. Yeah, you were and, mentioning that. Yeah, the people that own it are from Lakewood, Ohio. Yeah. So they will hook you up if you that say sounds that, very uh, good. that you used to have a shop in Lakewood and all that other kind of stuff. They're very oh, that's cool. fantastic. Yeah. So just don't listeners. mention Smith. If you mention Smith, all bets are off and you get double charged. They're well, going to give you a snorkel that smells funny. <laughs> well, that's mention my name and they're looking for Mrs. Smith down in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So did you know them before they went down to the USBI or did you meet them that way? Uh, we found out about them from another friend of mine who lived down there for about five years. So, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So these folks are, are very cool. and. Uh, They'll hook you up with a lot of different uh, event people if you want to go a deep sea fishing or right. you know any of the things that are available down there. But they're they're very cool people. Yeah, there's a there's a number of things I want to hit, and most of them are bars, uh, bars where you know stuff like you know where the where the painkiller was invented on you know Joost van Dyke in the British Virgin Islands. So there's places that I have to go because of that. Make sure you look up the oldest bar on the island. There you go. So you can never go wrong going to the never oldest bar. It's been- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I, when I, we were in uh, Ensenada, I did that and I went to a bar called Husongs in uh, Ensenada, Mexico. And it was the oldest bar. Now I can't recall whether it was the oldest bar in Mexico or the oldest bar in, you know, like the Tijuana, greater Tijuana area kind of thing. But uh, I went to a bar called Who Songs and it was fucking fantastic. Like you could get your boots shined while you were sitting at the bar drinking a beer. So that's the kind of service you don't get at most establishments. <laughs> no, it was legit, Steve. Don't do shine air quotes thing. Sometimes but did, they, boot. but did they have the donkey show? No, I told you about the donkey show. You can go to the donkey show, but you're not going to see the donkey show. Right. Yeah. You'll pay the money to get in. But you're not going to see the donkey show. Just in time for the donkey show, the police are going to show up magically. Right. Yeah. Happens at every donkey show I've ever gone to. Or more technically accurately, the borough show. So do you think, do you think, because like it is, it is theater, right? Right. So if you applied for, like if we in Cleveland, we're going to throw a party and we're like, we go to the downtown. We're like, listen, we need a permit for this event. By the way, it's a blah, blah, whatever. Would they right. let it happen? Would they like, you know, could you do because you're not doing anything wrong, right? No. It's just it's just the theater of the mind. Isn't it um was it was it Barnum and Bailey? Was it uh was it Barnum and Bailey that created the whole like 
you know, there's a sucker born every minute kind of thing. And that they had big posters and big signs that said this way to the egress as though the egress were some sort of mythical creature. And so you'd be like, Oh my God, we want to go see the egress. Oh yes. Let's go see the egress by all means. Have you seen the egress? And you'd follow the signs and it would just take you out of the tent. (laughs) So, you know, every minute sucker is born. Exactly. Right. I mean, like there's that idea is that we're never going to give you the salacious. There's never going to be the payoff that you think there's going to be with most carnies, like with most carnival sideshows, you know, you're like world's strongest man or the hairiest woman or whatever. And you realize it's just a Sasquatch in a bra. There's nothing special going on. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it, everybody's looking to rip you off in some way. So that's uh, that's the idea. But I can tell you as a guy in the military, there are some shows you go and you pay money to see and you'll see some shit that you're never going to see ever again. There's other shows where you pay money and you realize you're just part of the economy, you know, and that everyone gets chased out the back door. Uh, I, I used to, well, used to, I successfully played three card Monty one time in New York City. It was a life goal of mine to, to play three card Monty and to win because you're not supposed to be able to win. The idea is if you look like you're winning or you look like you know what's up, then one of them says, oh, shit, it's the cops and everybody fucks off and takes your money. Right. And I was anticipating that and I've studied it for years. And so I was able to play three card money and, and got the bidding, you know, got the price of the game up to about 200 bucks. And when I got the price of the game up to about 200 bucks and they'd set their trap, then I just grabbed all my money off the table as soon as they said, oh, the cops are coming and they grabbed the, t- the folding card table to fuck off. And I grabbed my money real quick and I went that way and they went that way. But that was a life goal of mine was to, you know, play three card money in New York, you know, as, as a victim would. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I leaned into it really hard for the first two rounds and made sure they understood I was a victim and then, <laughs> and then got the numbers up high enough. And then I fucked off. So life goals, but you know, Burrow shows the same thing. It's all about the timing, but in the Burrow show, you're never going to get to see what you showed up for. <laughs> oh, that's no. no, somebody's going to get fucked. <laughs> just not, look, not the... look around look around in the room and it's all you <laughs> that's great it, it was a good i mean again cool experience and i was impressed at their at their savvy you know like like they were showmen they they had us they 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 literally lured us in they they got everybody all fired up and it was super cool and then when you know when the door got kicked in and the the cops showed up and came in and everybody got scared out into the alley and fucked off and the door locked behind us. Well, you know, there, there you go. That's, you know, that's theater. You know, that might be worth your 50 bucks or 500 pesos or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. I have a motorcycle question for you. So, I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but this guy, so I don't have money. I'm not buying anything, but you know, you're always looking and whatever we're bored, especially, well, not the last four days, but before that, when I was kind of sick, I was bored. I was on the line. So there's a dude in Cleveland that's selling a, uh, 2003 Sportster 1200, 5,000 miles, uh, <coughs> 1,500 bucks, really nice condition. And it says, you know, like lost the title, blah, blah. This is not stolen. You can get the title from the blah, 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 whatever. So, <laughs> like, obviously, like it sounds like a scam. I'm not, you know, whatever. But 100% not stolen. Right. But that's my point. So, like, I mean, obviously, it probably is a scam and, and it's right. stolen, whatever. But say it wasn't and say the guy was this older dude, or whatever, and he lost the title. Yeah. Like, 
you can't get that from the Ohio. He's like, I have paperwork to get it from the Ohio uh, uh, State Patrol or some shit like that. Nope. That's, nope. that's a completely fictitious statement, right? Yep, absolutely. In our particular state, in our particular state, not talking to many of the other states. So first of all, what year was the bike? 2003, I think, around there. Okay. So it's way the fuck under 25 years old, right? So it's way the fuck under 25 years old. So you're, nobody's going to be able to pull, you know, a joke like a, a Vermont title or something else because the bike's really, really old. That's not going to be the way it goes. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to try to get a bonded title or you're going to have to try to get a salvage title, which good luck. Or you're going to have to try to get a mechanics. Oh, thing. shit. Nope. 96. I found it. I sent it to John. Look. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's going to come through. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. That's a 96. Yeah. So yeah, you're in the window. I don't know if you'd still be, I don't think you can get a Vermont for it. Uh, I think you might be able to get, you might, Joe Casola might be able to help you out. But again, what I can tell you is whoever put that ad up has gotten a lot of fucking attention. Oh, I can't, I can't even imagine what his inbox would be like. Yep. I was just, I, I was more interested in it for the story. Like, is this even possible? You know what I mean? Because right. like, obviously I just went through a, a salvage title. I know what kind of pain, not that big of a pain, but still right. it's an effort. You know what I mean? Like, so I didn't know if it was the same kind of thing. Like you just had to go get it, the bin run, do, you know, whatever right. or whatever. So, I mean, I got a couple, I've got a couple Ohio license plate. I, I can sell this guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I obviously that for the, the Sportster 1200 that James is riding around on right now. And it was legit owned, titled, whatever. You just got to find the right seller. Yeah. Because um, they're not worth a ton of money. No. And his, you know, James's bike is a lot newer than that 96. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not far off of Kelly Blue Book when you take away the coronavirus 2021 inflation, you know. Right, right. Right now, the coronavirus 2021 inflation means that if you've got a running fucking, you know, CL360, it's worth $19,000. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a bad time right now. It's a really bad time to be like, I have to buy a truck or I have to buy a motorcycle yeah. uh, we were looking at a transit trying to buy a transit before the january 1st because of tax reasons and you know if i can buy a transit that's a nice deduction on my taxes and the only one i could find was in grand rapids michigan and it was twelve thousand dollars over sticker jeez yeah 12 grand over sticker so that, that gives you an idea. And the sticker, by the way, for Fords has the destination charges already in it. Yeah. So the destination charges, 1300 bucks are already in the sticker of the vehicle. So there was 12 was, made of just pure greed, you know? I, I've been watching the Broncos and like they're $81,000. They, they're listed. They retail at $38,000. No. To actually buy one, it's $81,000. Yeah. They yeah. had a story on the news the other day. This is the first time in history. Yeah. That if you leased a car a couple of years ago and you don't need the lease anymore, right. um, you can you can beat the dealer by buying your lease out because oh, of course because they're locked lot. in at the price and yep. you could get it and probably make four or five grand on that car in a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hopper, yeah. if he wasn't asleep, wait, Hopper? Yeah, Carvana offered me twenty nine thousand for my truck I bought two years ago for thirty thousand. There you go. Oh, yeah, same yeah. same What's here. Like um, fire truck. <laughs> well, same here with, with Carvana, like uh, they were offering, like if you had a 2020 or newer Veloster N, they were offering like $35,000 for it. And it's like, well, that's 
a tough deal to turn down. That's a very tough deal to turn down. That's an incredibly difficult deal to turn down. You know, and the idea when I sold that Tundra recently, I that truck was a four thousand dollar truck. But wait, Nick, did you disclose? It. Did you disclose that. that it has a nineteen eighty one or nineteen eighty Suzuki mirror sticking out of the side of it? They didn't ask. <laughs> No, that was an upgrade. He didn't reveal the Carvana. Gotcha. <laughs> and an air vent. Right. It had some positive pressure ventilation going on. It's a mod. Yeah. It is a really bad time to buy anything new. Uh, it's a, Or it's, used for that matter. Or used for that. Yeah, that's right. This is a really, really good time to not have to buy something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I gave up on it. I was like, well, you know, whatever I could get in the way of a tax benefit isn't worth the extra money I'm going to pay to get it. So if I'm going to pay six or even if I'm going to pay $5,000 over what I should be paying to buy something, there's no way I'm going to get more than a $5,000 differential in my taxes by doing that. So fuck that. You know, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. I'm in a good position. I've got a perfectly good account line 350 and I've got a perfectly good pickup truck, you know? So I've got the things I need to haul shit. So, yeah, but that's like, this is not the time to have to buy something. We got Merritt's car back from the shop. Her clutch failed, you know, mysteriously. And you for broke while, it. Okay, so maybe I did break it. <laughs> I might have broke it. I didn't know you could break a clutch. <laughs> I honestly never thought that you could break a clutch. I figured that whatever went from my foot to the clutch was made out of titanium and like all kinds of heavy-duty shit. Turns out it's not. <laughs> the slave usually goes first. I, I broke the shit out of it. So I broke the master on the clutch, like the whole, but the whole assembly, even buying it direct from Hyundai. Oh, is you, brought the, you broke the assembly of it. Oh. I broke the shaft that hooks the pedal to the master. Oh, how'd you do that? Pushed it really hard. <laughs> well, Merritt was driving an associate home from work and she noticed her clutch pedal went to the floor and didn't come back up again. Oh. So she towed it up. She got it up off the floor because she's fucking awesome. And she got it up off the floor and she was able to get the clutch back to working again, right? Mm -hmm. So she could get rid of this associate of hers with some degree of dignity. And then then she got back in the car and she was driving the car home and she realized that it got stuck again. Mm -hmm. So then when I went out to the car, we're not talking about an old car. This is like a 2016 with 40,000 miles on it. When I went out, I grabbed it and pulled the pedal up and it was hard as a fucking rock. It was at the top, no play, zero fucks given. So I was like, well, I'm just going to push it really hard. <laughs> so they put a plastic shaft in there so that when you're in a crash, the clutch pedal doesn't amputate your leg. The clutch pedal can go to the floor because the plastic rod is, you know, less thick or less strong than your tibia. So uh, that's why that's it broke. So I broke it. So, but like I said, I got to drive it to the shop with no clutch, which is fun. Yeah. You know, that makes you feel good about things. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you drive a vehicle, like John drove a Corvette home with no clutch. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, you, was, I mean, start the car without being able to depress the clutch. Doesn't it have a sensor? That okay, well, so the, so the, I, you depress the clutch. You depress the, it was, you depress the clutch, but the clutch is not disengaging the clutch. Yeah. So you have it in gear. So you turn the key. The starter turns the motor over. You start moving and it starts. It's a hybrid. It's yeah. a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> it is a 12 volt, one battery hybrid. 
And John, that wasn't a 15 minute ride, was it? Well, it was down from the Metro Parks back to my house. I mean, yeah. several stops, intersections. Oh, I, thought, I thought you brought it home from New York or wherever you got it. No, right. no, 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 no. This was oh. afterward. I took mine from my house to North Ridgeville. It's a solid 30 minute drive. And I managed to catch a couple of lights and I was just like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to slap it. I'm going to slap it into neutral. Right. And then shut the car off because if the motor's running, forget trying to put it in gear and even at an idle. Right. Mm -hmm. So fuck that. So, you know, you shut the car off as you're coming up to the light, slap it into neutral and then slap it into second and use the key to get it going. And then just pull away from the light on the hybrid. And then just you know, give it some gas and she'll pull right away. It's remarkable. Yeah. It's yeah, almost like you can drive the car that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's I funny. It and I couldn't get the linkage into reverse. Okay. If I, if it was running. Yeah. So to back out of spaces, I would put it into reverse when it was off and then just turn the key and back out. Mm-hmm. And then I would. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys hear that Speedway sold a bunch of people diesel instead of gasoline? Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, you yeah, mentioned one, one of them. So I got I got 10 gallons of diesel when I should have got 10 gallons of gasoline. Oh, and uh this all happened at like eleven o'clock at night when I was trying to move the vehicles around so Merritt would have something more fun to drive to work in the morning than a 1996 Toyota high ace van. Uh so when her That's after, after I broke her clutch. So I thought it'd be nice if I gave her my Pajero because my Pajero, you know, is a little more nice to drive and you know, air conditioning works and heater works and whatever. Right. And so I took the Pajero down to Speedway and I mean, it was doing pushups on the E. I was out of gas. So I pulled into Speedway and uh, I'd kind of heard some fuel pump noise on that thing for a little while. So I was anticipating the fuel pump because you the bed at any moment. And uh, so when I went to Speedway, filled it up, put 10 gallons in it because that's all it holds. Drove out of Speedway, made it to the middle of the intersection, and the fucker died. Mm. And unfortunately, it was really late at night, 1130 midnight. So I was able to use the key to get it into a parking space in an adjacent parking lot where I left it and figured I would just have to go back there and rescue it with one of my other vehicles, uh, inappropriately small vehicle usually, and uh, decided, went back. But I had heard a thing on the news that said that Speedway had fucked up and sold a whole lot of people diesel instead of gas. And it was the speedway that I had just got gas from. Mm. So yeah, I was a victim of that. So I got 10 gallons of diesel where I should have got gas. What are they doing? So what they're doing is they're paying for it. Uh, You know, however it is, you would normally get things fixed. Um, I fixed it myself uh, in an ingenious method. I I don't want to reveal to the public, but there is a way that you can get 10 gallons of diesel out of your gas tank and into a five gallon bucket under your vehicle. Um, it involves starting fluid and uh, a lift. So if you have starting fluid and a lift, you can use the vehicle itself to pump 10 gallons of diesel out in a pretty fast fashion uh, into five gallon buckets. And if anyone needs some diesel, I have two five gallon buckets of diesel that is probably at least 93% diesel, 7% gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. a free garage heater, so no. <laughs> and you're good. Yeah, oh, you're really? Good. Ten With gallon. the gas in it? What's that? With the gas in it, won't it like blow up or something? <laughs> Only a small amount of gas. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Only a small amount. Yeah. I mean, I paid for 10 gallons of diesel and I have two five-gallon buckets that aren't all the way full of diesel. Mm. Now, the diesel smells like sheep, but that's a different story. <laughs> it would have been way worse, though, had, had they been selling uh, gasoline instead of diesel, diesel pumps. Mm. 
You're because they want to run. They want to run until your engine blew up, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If if they would have been selling gasoline out of the pump that said diesel, that could really fuck your world up. But being as it is, they sold diesel into gas cars. Um, I did fill Merritt's Figaro up the next morning at like 9 30, 10 o'clock. So about 11 hours later, I had filled Merritt's car up. The good news is her car didn't get fucked up. So she dodged the bullet. So, or I dodged the bullet. I was the one that had to fix it anyway. So, so yeah. you, you laid a teaser the other day and then you never answered it. You said you listened to the last M- Misfits podcast and they and? had their list of top 10 uh, uh, super bikes. Yes. Okay. Why would you do that? Okay. I'm, I'm going to, if you, if you guys are interested, I'd like to give you the top one list. I'm going to give you the top one list of things that are no fun to listen to. Ready? Mm-hmm. The top one list of things that are no fun to listen to. At position one on the list, top 10 lists. <laughs> What's number two? <laughs> it's poo. That's what we call poo. <laughs> so so how, how wrong did they get it this time? Empirically. <laughs> of, of, so here's a rule for other podcasts and, and general journalism. If your name's Cam and you, you write car articles or whatever, the rule is this. If you're going to have a top five list or a top three list or a top 10 list, and by the way, the more numbers there are after the word top, the less interesting it is. So I recommend limiting your top list to three. Also, keep in mind, it's a good idea to have fucking criteria. Mm-hmm. Criteria is really important. So lots having criteria. What's that? Lots of criteria. Right. That's, that's the one thing. That's the one thing that they lack with these lists is any sort of, okay, what are we judging these bikes on? Somebody has a great idea and says, we're going to say the top 10 super bikes. And then they shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you can't just do that. Right. Because two, two stroke, four stroke, 250, one th- I mean, there's so many different things. Or does it matter? Does it not matter? Like, yeah, you're right. And if you don't give me criteria, what am I going to do? I'm going to say your top 10 list is bunk because one of them is going to be the top and the other nine are going to be not the top. Did they even define, is this streetable or anything? I will, I will recommend that you listen to the podcast. I was going to, but yeah. I guarantee if you are in a place where you can throw things at your radio, you might. (laughs) Um, Who was the biggest offender? Emma nails it because Emma says, look, there is the term superbike, which to me, superbike means 1,000 cc's or better. Because in my world, there is a class called superbike. Right. And it's defined by the definition of how many cc's are in the vehicle. There's super sport and there's superbike. Right. One of them has 600 cc's. One of them has 1,000 cc's or better, depending on how many cylinders you have. Right. But superbikes are a very clearly defined category mm-hmm. but then like you know you know that somebody says oh well cycle world's going to give the top 10 super bikes of all time one of them's going to be a honda cd750 right because oh, no. by law you have to tip your fucking hat to the first company that coined the term superbike, right or the kz's in there somewhere too exactly so the point is unless you give me a whole shit ton of criteria like Best superbike between 1969 and 1972 that came out of Japan that was available in blue, right? Um, then maybe we can have an argument or a discussion. But as long as the phrasing is just like, what's the best superbike? Um, At least then, like modern. I mean, is, are we talking modern or are we talking old? I mean, like a little bit of something. 
C70. It's <laughs> my vote. Passport. Steve's going to write a book. Best super bike ever. Steve's going to write a book and get all these pre-orders. It's going to be the greatest motorcycles in the history of, of the world from 1937 or whatever to 2000 and then beyond. And it's going to be one page. GP70. It's going to be one it's really gonna, thick page. It's going to be a giant <laughs> coffee table book. It's yeah. going to have one fucking page in it. You'll open it up and it'll be a pop-up I actually did a little bit of research on it. I mean, I approached it the way I would. Yeah. And I said, well, if I'm going to talk about a superbike, it's going to be a Honda. So then I was like, well, let's see what, you know, what's the greatest superbike. Right. And what they're really, they're talking about is the new Honda Fireblade right. for 2021 that they're coming out with. Yeah. Honda's actually hasn't done anything <laughs> to 2008 with the Fireblade. Right, and they're actually they're actually gonna they're getting ready to mount an effort to take the top place in Superbike this next coming year or so. They want to knock Ducati off its throne. Right, and I believe in their yeah. In their discussion, they said like they gave a nod, like they said, like the Honda Hurricane, the Honda Hurricane One Thousand, for you know one of the top ten Superbikes. Not even close. Not even. I like I like that bike, but that's not even close. It's a sport touring bike. Well, that and in its day, the Hurricane was the civilian version. So the Hurricane was the bike that we could buy. You know, it didn't have the RC in front of it. So there's no RC. No, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, right now, right now, I mean, the the the, one of the baddest ass super bikes is going to be the CBR 1000 RR Dash R, right? And then some other shit after that, like extra hours after it. They should have just called it the Pirate, man. Yeah, it was like P. Then it's like a PS of, of something yeah. other, like crazy. The point, but the being, bike's amazing. The bike's right. amazing. I mean, two hundred and fourteen rear wheel horsepower right. with all every rider aid available, yeah. known to man, and like ridiculous. Yeah, I think in there. I think one of the things they said was like they were like, "Oh, the Yamaha R1." And I was like, "Well, the only thing better than a Yamaha R1 will be whatever Yamaha they come out with next year." Like, so the best, the top 10 super bikes is going to be easy. It's going to be whatever the current best super bike is, you know, this year it's a Ducati, it's the Ducati, whatever, Pentagel or whatever. I mean, whatever they're racing right now, (laughs) it's, it's a very easy, it's a very easy category. Cause if you say, like we said in our our thing, the best, and if we're going to say the best or, you know, what is the best super bike? Well, when you start using modifiers, like in its day, in its day, (laughs) it's not the best, but I have an interesting question. So you, you had said, um, you know, like you, uh, the Hondas that we can get, it doesn't have an RC in front of it. Right. So was the RC 51, one of the first and only like actual race bikes that people could buy? No. Not at all. I'm, I'm going to say that prior, I know that the RC 51 absolutely was an excellent bridge between yeah. a purchasable um, superbike and, uh, you know, a, an actual piece of track hardware. Mm-hmm. But remember that for a lot of years, homologation had meant that certain companies, like in order to get your bike on the track, you had to sell a couple yeah. hundred and fifty of them. Right. So there were a lot of years where you know, different racing organizations had mandated that some of these vehicles got sold to the public or the public had the ability to buy them. Mm-hmm. Now they might've been fuck off expensive, you know, like, you know, you should literally only be buying this if you are going to be putting it on the track, but there was nothing to prevent you from buying it 
and driving it to work every day. It had turn signals. Like stock car, car, right? It was like What's stock that? cars. Like yeah. the, the original stock car races, you used mm-hmm. to be able to buy something that was close to what they yeah. were racing. And yeah. that, to me, was real stock car racing. And over the years, yeah, and over the years, I mean, nobody's going to be able to buy a rear-wheel drive Toyota Corolla, you know? Like, they don't make a rear-wheel drive Toyota Toyota Corolla, yet they race it in stock car racing, you know, obviously. But for many years, in a lot of racing organizations, homologation was important. Yes, there was a a rear-wheel drive Corolla, the original one. The very first Corolla. The drift Corolla. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, but the Celicas, the original Celicas were real drive. Yes, they were. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. They but they you know, that was the thing is there weren't too many rear wheel drive Ford Tauruses or, or whatever right. else oh, was considered yeah, to be a stock yeah. car. Yeah, Ford was racing a Taurus. I was like, it's not even close to it's not a Taurus at all. It's yeah, a, it's I, a, the whole it's idea a, was you know, you win on Sunday, you sell on Monday. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. go into the Ford dealership and be like, Well, that Taurus really did great at you know. Daytona or whatever. <laughs> I like the burnout when it was doing the burnout. Can this one do that? <laughs> Sign up for the H A S H O, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's but that's the funny thing is uh, we've had a number of we had a number of listeners and Patreons kind of let us know that the Misfits had done another top ten list. And it's funny because our Patreons are just like. Do you know what's happening on another podcast? <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, I listen to it too. So yeah. the uh, but it is funny because I think that I think there's a little bit of joy anytime the misfits do something and then we get to fire salvos back at each other. I so. got a funny story. I was in the car dry because going to my house, you know, those four trips before I got sick, that was four trips is 410 miles, 420 miles round, you know, all together, right? right? So I was listening to the Misfits podcast. And somehow on Spotify, I fucked it up and it went to 0.75 speed, but oh, I didn't yeah. know it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and life's like, today on the, I'm like, God damn, they're all stoned, man. And then, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts at 1.5. Yeah. Now I know I can do that, but I right. didn't even know that was an option. So I'm like, what the fuck happened to these people? They sound fucking I don't crazy. listen to the Misfits at 1.5 because I like them all. Like, cause they're yeah. all, I consider them to be my friends. Right. And I don't listen to them at 1.5 because like they had Henry on. So Henry hasn't been on for a long time. Yeah. And so they had Henry on and I love Henry's voice. Like it really makes me feel good to hear him. And uh, there was no way I would want to listen to the Misfits podcast at 1.5. Well, I can you know? tell you at 0.75, it's a lot longer. And <laughs> <laughs> almost like one of our podcasts. Yeah. And, and they all sound super stoned, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to listen to that one at regular real time <laughs> yeah. at regular speed. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, so I got all these bikes put into the warehouse and I spent some time over at the warehouse and you guys have seen my warehouse and kind of seen what I'm working with. Um, it's full. <laughs> it's full, legit full. Um, I'm very proud of the number of people who decided to use us for winter storage this year. Uh, we have pumped. I've gone back to the dock five times to get more uh, boat gas. And the guy at the dock thinks I'm insane. I keep showing up with these little micro trucks with, you know, seven, five gallon cans in the back. And he's like, what are you doing with this? And I was like, well, we're putting it in the winter bikes. He goes, how many fucking winter bikes do you have? Like, oh, well, it's not just my bikes. It's everybody else's bikes too. So it's funny. How much are you you paying per gallon there? It's uh, five. So it's 519 right now. 
It was uh, three ninety nine out there at that uh, Strongsville Marathon. Yes, yeah, it's three. It's four bucks at the Strongsville Marathon. Uh, the boat gas, you're gonna pay more. The they're all the same though. I think they're all that ninety octane. So yeah, yep. it was ninety octane, uh, no ethanol. Yep. Yeah. So that's a really good price. Three ninety nine, four bucks a gallon for ninety octane, no ethanol. It's a really good price. Yeah, because the boat the boat dock charges you a little bit more. Yep. But anything to anything that has to do with boats, police, fire, uh, motorcycle, it's always more. <laughs> that's exactly right. And there's only one dock in Cleveland that still has their pumps available that don't doesn't have their pumps all wrapped up. So it's like you know that gives you an idea of like where you are, where you're going to go if you're out on the water at this time of the year. There's only one place that's going to be able to give you gas. Um, outside of the, the restaurant at the end of the shoreway. But the uh, the boat dock, if you want gas, you're going to be going to Edgewater. That's the spot. So I feel kinship, though, because we sold him a K truck. Like, we sold him a little Subaru Sambar. So he uses that to run around and put motors and boats and shit. So I feel like he owes it to me to stay open and sell me gas. So, you know, there's a little loyalty there. But, yeah, it's it's fun. But it was fun going to the, the warehouse because we had a beautiful day yesterday. And like the weather was just fantastic. What's so what's the got, temperature up there? It was yesterday. It was really nice. Now it's thirty nine degrees. So you know we're done 50, with that. Fifty plus yesterday. It was fifty plus yesterday. Yeah, I was riding bikes around and you know moving shit all over the place, and it was good because we had rain the night before that washed the salt off the roads. So yesterday was golden. If you had to move bikes around, yesterday was the day to do it. So. I like that the uh, the Rec ninety gas actually smells like real fuel. Yeah. It was a little it was a little extra strong and everything. It leaked out a little bit while I was driving home with Peggy and grandma in the car. And I was like, <laughs> Did you rub it all over your face? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Something. This is what gasoline used to smell like, kids. I'm like, ooh, it's got some meat to it. It does have some meat to it. Spicy. <laughs> John John stopped at a bar and some 72-year-old, like feisty old biker lady came up and was like, I remember you. You smell good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put a little dab behind each ear. Yeah. Find the good hey. girls. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Oh, sure. So a sexually active woman tells her plastic surgeon that she wants her vaginal lips reduced in size because they're too loose and floppy. Okay. Out of embarrassment, she insists that the surgeon keep a secret, and the surgeon agreed. So awakening from anesthesia after the surgery, she found three roses carefully placed beside her on her bed. Outraged, she immediately calls the doctor. I thought I asked you not to tell anybody about my operation. The surgeon told her that he carried out her wish for confidentiality and that the first rose was from him because he felt sad that she had to go through that all by herself. The second rose is from my nurse. She assisted me in the surgery and and empathized because she had had the same procedure done some time ago. And what about the third rose, asked the patient. Well, that's from the man upstairs in the burn unit. He wanted to thank you for his new ears. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Is that a good one or what? Yes. That was, that was all right. Man. <laughs> that was a good joke. But now <laughs> there's got to be a follow-up, like something about his ears, right? No, like, I, I just said I couldn't hear you. No, I I got that. That's it. That's just leave it there. Leave I it there. You, that's it. We're done. <laughs> I don't. I, good job, Chris. That was well played. Yeah. Excellent. I like that. Yeah, that was all right. So you do know that um, if uh, we get the Build Back Better plan, if that happens, it's going to be a thirty percent federal tax credit on your electric vehicle purchases, which if you buy a $20,000 electric motorcycle, you're going to get fucking six grand back. That's the same as buying a $14,000 electric motorcycle. And that's still a fucking expensive electric motorcycle. No, more importantly, getting six grand back is wild. That makes it so like a lot of times people say, come into your shop and they're like, oh man, look at FSR or whatever. Right. And it's that price and you can't get it. So they take right. the $14,000 gas bike that they can afford that's similar, right? right. Now that's an even playing field. Now with that credit, now it you is. can really be like, holy shit, I can take the FXR home or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it is, it's really a, a, that's, I mean, it's a hell of a thing. Getting that big of a rebate, that's fucking huge. That's a lot of money. If that goes through, I will definitely be buying whatever the cheapest zero you have because my work commute now is 18 miles. Yeah, I mean it's a. I mean we're talking about a ten thousand dollar bike, an eleven thousand dollar bike, but you're going to get three grand off of that. That's what I'm saying. So you're, how you're how back, can I not do that? I'd never have. You're into the six thousand, seven thousand territory, right? Yeah, I'd so, have nothing, nothing into that driving to work and back every single day. With every nothing, single day, like, nothing. Right. Yeah. So you know, and we've got a lot of zero customers who have way the fuck over ten thousand, way over twenty thousand miles on their bikes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're not going to eventually get your money back. You know, that's that, you know, you will eventually get your money back. Uh, It's just, that's that fucking rebate. That's, that's a hell of a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a significant amount of cash. So tax credit. It's a tax credit. Exactly. Yep. So that's exactly right. So that's you. You're going to pay the dealer the full 11 grand or whatever your bike's going to cost you. And then you're going to have your invoice and whatever your invoice says, 30% of that is what you're going to get back. And I think it's the form 179 or something like that hmm. through your taxes. Yeah. Well, that'd be worth, I mean, if, if you could, if, if I could trade in the FXS yep. and get that, then that yep. would bring it down to the FXS money. Yes, it would. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that would be it's, worth it. It's a very, I mean, it's a real, real, you know, that's a serious thing. That's going to get some people thinking, you know, uh, it's different. I'm, I'm not going to quote anything on the electric cars or trucks or anything else. I'm, I'm not well-versed with that. I don't know what the offers are with the four-wheeled vehicles, but they're, they've opened it up to certain electric bicycles. Now it's at a much lower pay point on the electric bicycles. So it's going to be different, but they, for things like a $10,000 or $11,000 zero, holy shit, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know? Even uh, if you're looking at a, a electric bike, they're like 3,500 yeah. bucks. Yeah. So right. if you get 30% off, that's a thousand bucks. Yep. Well, I don't know if that's going to follow through with that. So that's why oh. I said, don't quote me on oh. that. Cause I, I'm not willing to say that that same, that same ratio is going to exist for electric bicycles and also for cars. All I'm speaking about is electric motorcycles. Well, yep. the, the maximum is like 12, five. Yeah. So the, for sure, the old system under the last system we had, the maximum you could get back was 2,500 because 
of 25,000 was 2,500. So now that it's going up to 30%, that changes the game a lot, you know, up to 7,500 bucks back on a electric motorcycle is fucking serious. So there's going to be a lot of strip mining going on (laughs) again, or there's going to be a hell of a lot of encouragement for somebody to come up with a different battery technology, because the more users there are, the more demand there is for a different battery technology. It's the so, motors too. It's the, the absolutely. rare metal earth metals in the motors that are absolutely really a limiting factor. Yep. Um, there, there's going to be limited factors on everything. Um, have you heard about these things called computer chips and apparently Chevy's and Dodge's and Ford's need them? Uh, yeah. It's a ridiculous. It's, I mean, you would think they just use the most common chip possible because it does the same thing. Here's the weird they don't, thing. They don't do the same thing. <laughs> they don't do the same thing. Here's the I mean, all different. You can't run your windshield wipers and all your other bullshit off of like a, a cheap chip. I mean, I could see for a, a engine control run it off of a, something else. Run all of it off of one computer. Well, there's different yeah. ty- kinds of chips. There's yeah. microcontrollers, there's transistors, there's motor drivers, there's there's yeah, rectifiers. What I'm saying is why would you make a pre- proprietary one when you could have a com- use a common chip? Well, I, a lot of them do. Yeah. And most of the most of the stuff is off the shelf. Uh, right. They might have a few proprietary chips that they use for certain systems, but I think most of it is just off the shelf stuff. The same chips that are affecting the lack of PlayStation fives are affecting the lack of Ford right. trucks. So you know it's it's having a cross platform effect right now. Uh, the weird thing is this: like it obviously it hasn't affected the ability for them to make zero motorcycles. It hasn't hasn't affected them the, the ability to make Triumph motorcycles. It hasn't affected the ability to make Vespa motorcycles. Like it's it seems to be strange that it's affecting the car industry so violently. Like it has hit them harder than anything. I can't drive anywhere without seeing a parking lot with 1,800 to 3,000 Chevy trucks or Ford trucks in that parking lot because we build them up here. So we're looking for places to store them. Like you said, the the uh, what is it, the minor league uh, baseball yeah. field out there, yeah, west of Avon. Like yeah. I drove by there, and there's white Ford trucks all over the. I mean, yeah. like they're all. I counted them, so I was driving by, and I just decided to do a real quick math, like real quick, figured out how many vehicles are there, and there's over three thousand trucks there, and so if you've got a minor league baseball stadium. And their parking lot holds about 5,000 cars, right? And they're not making any money. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so there's... there's, Yeah. How are they going to resolve the fact that the cars are two years old? They have a stamped VIN number on it. Right. That says whatever. And then they're going to try to sell them to you as a brand new car. I mean, it's a 2023. So... Are they going to sell this 20... Yeah. As I was just saying... Right now, they're charging people 20 grand or 10 grand over the sticker on a car because there's an absolute shortage right now. But pretty soon, something's going to happen. And all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cars that are sitting on racetracks and parking lots all across America are all going to get released at the same time. And those that's called a glut. <laughs> and when you have a glut, the prices drop real fucking fast. So, I don't know, though. They might, they might turn out. They might end up fucking over the, you know, the company. They're gonna, they're just gonna stop production. Right. So they're not gonna, t- they're not gonna want to tank the market. Right. When they start putting those out for sale, 
then they're going to drop off on manufacturing and everybody's going to get laid off, you know, right. yep. for at least a year, you're going to have all these Ford employees and stuff that are going to be, well, collecting unemployment, but you know, it'd be really hard to sell somebody in June of 2022, their brand new 2020 Ford truck. Yeah. So you're not unless gonna get they, unless they can't buy a 2024, they only right. are selling 2022s. Exactly. Yep. Oh, if yep. you want to buy a Toyota Tundra right now, um, you can watch any number of videos where people are testing the brand new 2022 Tundra. It's a new platform. And you can watch a hundred videos of people telling you how great it is, but it's not even available on Toyota's website. If you go to Toyota's website, the best you can do is you can special order a 2021. So they don't even have a 2022 available to anybody who isn't a journalist to test or have fun with or whatever. Yeah. My so. wife just texted me that she's at Porco. Oh, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? <laughs> it's her birth- it was her birthday yesterday. She's out with her uh, sister, my niece, and a couple other women. This is going to be a mess when she gets home. Yeah, this she's is- over there having two or three Wayne killers right now. Oh, you, should yeah. probably, you should probably limber up, dude. Yeah, you should they probably limber up. up. I mean, I thought we covered. Well, I, hope, I thought I got all that taken care of earlier today. I mean, Maybe get a protein shake in, yeah. <laughs> I better get some celery and water in me quick. That's it. You know, I'm just saying, do a lot of stretching is a good idea. That's a decent idea, right? Maybe take yeah. it off. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. This could be ugly. Maybe have maybe make a sandwich and have it standing by in the fridge just in case. Uh, yeah. Prelude. Uh, I mean, they, they started at the Fulton. They went to the Fulton first. So Porco is right. not even their first stop. That's no, no, they're they're they're, they're going to be hitting it hard. Yeah, yeah. You Good know, luck. T- tomorrow morning at about seven. You ever you have that drum set still? You might want to try to practice a little and get it going tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh no, we're getting up bright and early to go get our Christmas tree. She's messed up. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's a bad that's bad planning right there. <laughs> Having any sort of early morning plans the morning after. Uh, Porco is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So Sleepy, I wanted to say, did your oldest daughter, did she also get the vid? Yeah, yeah, she did. It um it didn't hit her as hard though. No, because she's but oh so so we were kind of discussing whether or not, like, so I went to that concert, but that con okay, so here's the thing. I went to a concert on the Saturday, oh, two weeks ago. Right. And that was um vaccination passes only or 24 hour or less COVID uh, negative test. Yeah. Right. So like, it was like, okay, but that might've been it. But Amy was there with me and Amy's clear. Right. Yeah. My daughter went with me to Lowe's and when captain sneeze a lot, walked down the thing, it was just being sweaty and gross. Yeah. The doctor told me when I had the lab test come back in the Delta thing and I was, he was asking me what I thought I might've got it. Right. He said that the Delta variant is breaking tradition. And it's not taking four to five days to develop. It's taking up anywhere between three and as low as 24 hours to start wow. showing some symptoms. Wow. So, so she got it too. Um, but her, I mean, thankfully she's 19. She's also right. double vaccinated. I think she was triple vaccinated. And I think that's what really helped her. She yeah. got hers two weeks. Be- I was scheduled to get my, tri- my third vaccination shot the day I got sick, which sucked. But so she got pretty much like a flu symptom. She lost about 70% of her taste and she said she felt really tired and she's been feeling better already today oh, or the other day and stuff. So she got it way less worse than I did. So has anybody in our podcast felt ill? That's, yeah. 
that was my initial thinking. I was like, oh no, I hope I didn't get, get yeah. uh, I hope I wasn't carrying it or something, but well, uh, you know what? Though? I, I'm done. I don't care what they say. I don't care if they're like, we anal fucking probed everybody on the way into this venue today and they're all clear. I'm not going anywhere. I'll go to the podcast. I'm going to work. I'm going home. Fuck it. I, until this, these all these idiot slobs walking around with their snots flying everywhere and everything like that. I'm I'm done, man. This is ridiculous. Like you know, we all try to you try to do something right, you try to whatever, and it's like ah, it just pissed me off, man. Yeah. So, no, but I mean, the, the thing is, you could get it from an asymptomatic person. You can. And I so know. It's not like it's. I mean, it's. It could be that guy that, that was at Lowe's, but it could right. be somebody at work that just walked by you and like right. handed you right. something or. Breathed yep. in your face, you know, or. But the thing they're saying know. though that is, yeah. But most most people that are completely vaccinated don't carry a huge viral load, so you don't right. get as much, you know. Like I mean, it's I don't know, I don't know. I went the and see get... website says it's no different. The I went see the get... website said there was no. Di- it's no difference about what you could transmit, but right. that the symptoms would be less. So. I got a PCR test on Tuesday just to be sure. Mm-hmm. So I was just for the hell of it. I figured, well, you know, I know that a week ago I was sitting four feet away from a guy who's hot with COVID right now. Right. So I was like, well, just to be sure, um, I've had my booster and uh, I, you know, I went in and went to the pharmacy and got a PCR test. And I was like, fuck, man, like this is the second test I've had. So it's the second voluntary test I've gone and gotten. And so it's really funny. I was like sitting there, I was like, man, you know, if this thing comes back hot. Cause I don't have a single symptom. I feel fantastic. And I was like, but damn, if this thing comes back hot, that means I'm an asymptomatic carrier. Yeah. And then I'm that guy. Like nobody yeah. wants to be that guy. No. And I'm like, that's the guy who's hitting the zombie bite. Right. You want to hear it right before we started the podcast, I just yeah. got a thing from the CDC and it said the new, that Omicron variant, yeah. They're finding that it likes to go with it likes to infect people that have already been infected. Okay, that's what they're yeah. finding. So that's fucking scary. I'm like, God, there be a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, they said it. That South Africa says it's mild, and this might be the thing that ends the epidemic because they haven't had one case that went into the hospital with it. Right. So that if people get it, they'll have the immunity, and it'll it'll be through the system. But it'll be a mild version of this. That's what they're saying from the yeah. doctors in South Africa. Or, or, it, might, or it might not. Right. Until it mutates, or it might not. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that's what South Africa is saying right now. So right. who knows? Oh, I'm just, we or picked our vacation be spot because it was in the United States, you know, US Virgin Islands. We picked it because, you know, the idea of going out of the country could be sketchy and there's been a lot of problems with that. And, we were joking. It's like to leave the U.S. Virgin Islands and go to the British Virgin Islands, you have to go through all the stuff. Like you've got to, you're going on a ferry boat, but then they're going to quarantine you when you get there until you produce a clear test, right? And then you also have to travel with twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars worth of health and ins- travel health insurance, so that if you get sick on their tiny little island, you're not taking their resources to house your dumbass for fourteen days while you're quarantined. So they're making you have an insurance policy that, you know, it's about 40 bucks. I mean, it's cheap, but you're also having to get a test when you arrive on the ferry. So they're leaving nothing to chance just to go across a seven mile strait of water from the U.S. Virgin Islands to the British Virgin Islands, or we're actually less than seven miles. So it's a very interesting thing because I know we're 
we're planning on going to the BVI. And uh, it's funny to see what, what the difference is between international travel and national travel and how it can change, even though it's a very, very short distance, even though it's a very, very tiny, tiny distance. So, yeah. And the people who are, you know, the Canadians that just kind of opened up their borders and now they've got Canadians that are in places like South Africa. They've got Canadians who are in places like Australia. And they're saying like, okay, well, the border was open for 11 and a half minutes. Now we don't want you to come home. But you know what? If you're going to get stuck somewhere, (laughs) sorry, 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 Phil, you can't go home. You have to stay here in the Virgin Islands. Oh, if I was forced to stay in the Virgin Islands until like about, I figure about March 7th or March 8th. Yeah. That'd be a good time to settle it right down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, I can't come home. And I paid that insurance too. that 40 bucks. You're covered, man. I'm covered. I think I feel something coming on. (laughs) <laughs> get over there just land and bvi and again, oh, that's- hey i got i got my my a couple of positive tests in bags sealed perfect i'll slide you one you can put it in your I'll pocket take them with me. <laughs> and then i'll be like the guy that hit the zombie bite i'll be yeah. like oh well you let me off the ferry i was clean yeah but i don't know what happened over the last 24 or 48 hours i was sitting there drinking painkillers right you must have a wicked hot strain over here i'm not feeling so good which hotel are you putting me up in how's the bar how's the bar (laughs) at the beach right i I need something on that beach any sick lambs i can squeeze extra juice out of the fucking (laughs) gonna be fine this is gonna blow over in about two weeks i promise (laughs) how much is left on the insurance policy okay maybe we should buy a car (laughs) i don't think we can do this all in taxi cabs (laughs) yeah i'll wear a mask it's cool yeah yeah that's not a bad idea. Scamming that scamming that travel insurance would be a good thing. Yeah, that'd be all right, man. Can you buy yeah. additional insurance policies? What's that? <laughs> What'd you say? Can you buy additional insurance policies? Bonus ones. <laughs> Look, we didn't have to buy at the $40 level. We could have bought it a much higher level. We didn't think we needed to. We, we bought it what they said the minimum standard was so that they didn't have to pay for our dumb ass should we have happened to snuck some coronavirus into their country? You didn't catch the angle on it. You got to look at the angle, man. I'm seeing a long-term stay in fucking Virgin Islands, man. Maybe Howard Hughes, you could be in that hotel for 10 years. They'll feel a little sick. (laughs) Wearing tissue things on your feet and fucking fingernails. The whole deal. (laughs) Yeah, this this coronavirus is really hanging in there. The last person on earth with coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You got to work the angles. Yeah. If you got a joke, look man oh, i was gone. i was gonna tell you i got a joke about the omicron variant but you're probably not gonna get it okay <laughs> uh, oh, anybody man. got anything else no that was good fuck it let's drive fast and take take chances all right we're out of here you gotta push the button i'm pushing the button right now all right